Okay, so can you say your name and how we know each other? Sure. My name is Rachel. I know Sarah from summer camp. I think we met when we were 13 years old. So speaking of summer camp, what would you say were the messages that we received at camp about Jewish continuity, continuing the Jewish people? (laughs) I know exactly what you're getting at. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think the messages we got maybe explicitly or more subliminally um were that i guess like the fate of the jewish people depended on us right like i I think it became understood quite early on that part of camp is about bringing jewish people together so they eventually fall in love and have jewish children um i mean like taking a walk behind the bunks. Yeah. Like that's a big deal because we're teenagers and we're, I guess, like excited about doing things like kissing. But I think there is also some messaging about, um, you know, what that means eventually as, as 20 and 30 somethings who have children together. That's right. The fate of the Jewish people resting on our young prepubescent shoulders. How sexy, right? Those messages Rachel was talking about, I heard them too. I still feel that pressure today. With the single act of marrying a Jewish person and having Jewish children, I was doing my part to ensure the survival of the Jewish people. That's a lot of pressure for kids who wanted to make out for the first time during the summer away from their parents. I think a lot of minority cultures and communities have a similar emphasis on marrying within their ethnic community. Yet, for the Jewish people who have faced near extermination and genocide on a number of occasions, there was some serious pressure applied to having Jewish babies so that eventually they could grow up and have future generations of Jewish babies. I will be referring to this pressure and this concept as Jewish continuity. And I've started to wonder, how do those messages about continuing the Jewish people affect our love lives? That is the question I will seek to answer on this episode of Love in My Culture. Before I got messages about continuing the Jewish people at Jewish summer camp, more about that later, I got them from my parents. It's fairly common for people to develop ideas about dating from their parents. And I know that's true for many of my friends as well. So here they are. All right, so how did you two meet? (laughs) Um, We met at a weekend retreat for Jewish youth. Um, Dad was... Rafi was in Albany. I was from upstate New York as well. And we both decided to go to this conference and we met each other. Right. At 17 and 16. Right. Yes. So you guys met at an event for Jewish youth. And that was pretty similar to my upbringing too. So why did you decide to send me and my brothers to Jewish school and Jewish summer camp? Well, we thought that, like us, we really thought it was important to meet young Jewish people um, for 
girlfriend, boyfriend, and and beyond, um, because we want to. There's a strong sense of our need for continuity um, to continue our traditions and pass them on from generation to generation. But I think it's also more than that. I think that we there's a certain lifestyle that we wanted for our family, and part of that lifestyle was being in a community of people who live their lives similarly. In other words, we learn life by the Jewish calendar as well as by the American calendar. So holidays, weekly Shabbat dinners, it was an opportunity to immerse you in a way in a society, a culture, a community that was important to us and we wanted to pass it on to our children. So it was, and also as and Dad to have that said, continue beyond then beyond, but you're right, that's way down the line. But right. also so, to meet other young people who had a similar cultural upbringing. Right. Okay. So not only just so that your own kids would be living a Jewish lifestyle, but ideally your grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren, et cetera, correct. et cetera. Right. Yeah. Right. It's important to us to keep the tradition going. Yeah. Um, and especially I think, being in my, you know, in a very small, very small group, so easily gets washed out or absorbed in the general larger American uh, culture. Yeah. Which we all Do you think that by your children marrying Jewish people, or at least deciding to raise their kids in the Jewish tradition, do you think that that will help preserve the Jewish people? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I think it's important as a Jewish community that we're open and accepting to uh, people who are not necessarily raised that way, but who would like to live that lifestyle. I mean, I'm totally open to that. Um, But I think there's a better chance of having similar values, similar cultural touchstones and references if you end up with someone who was raised somewhat similarly. So it's not that someone couldn't come into the community and be part of it, but I think that there's a lot to be said for, um, how do I put this? It's easier to have a marriage between people who were raised in similar ways and who have similar cultural touchstones. Mm -hmm. Marriage is hard enough, without adding that extra layer of difference, if you will. Right, but there's also the part of instilling it in your children, yeah. so they have it and they will grow up with it and learn it just and as we did and do that in the future. So it's, it's both, it's yeah. Both. Yeah. Is your children marrying, when your kids are looking for partners, is them being Jewish the most important part? No. Well, that interesting disagreement aside, my parents are united in a goal. That beautiful buzzword my dad dropped, Jewish continuity. My parents claim that one reason they sent me to Jewish schools and summer camps was to live a Jewish lifestyle and marry a Jewish person. By the way, it worked. So that was my parents' goal. 
but is that a shared goal of the summer camp I went to? I turned to my friend Jared, who works as the year-round program director for the Jewish summer camp, Camp Ramah, I attended as a kid and worked at as a young adult. So what would you say is the mission of Camp Ramah in your own words? So Camp Ramah is a network of summer camps, um, and each camp in the network has its own mission statement. But what they all share in common, I would say, is uh, an idea of camp serves a function of making Judaism a lifelong experience. And whereas other camps might focus on what you can get from camp, uh, Camp Ramah focuses on what you can get from Judaism and how you can um, use Camp Ramah as a setting to um, build and develop a lifelong Jewish community with lifelong relationships and friendships. Mm. So speaking of those relationships, um, do you think it is a mission of Camp Ramah to promote Jewish continuity? And by that, I mean to have campers and counselors meet and fall in love with each other and get married? Um, you know, I, I think that I would say specifically it would be a mission to create community um, and Jewish community. I think that certainly many um, campers and counselors make lifelong friendships and some meet uh, partners and spouses. Um, I don't know how explicitly that is part of the mission statement, but it is something that is recognized and, and some camps do have um, either bricks or um, or plaques or um, websites that are devoted to recognizing um, those couples or marriages that, that uh, came out of Camp Ramon. The 2013 article from The Atlantic, Convincing Millennial Jews to Marry a Nice Jewish Boy, by Emma Green, explores the mission of Jewish organizations like Camp Ramah. Green explains that Jewish organizations are very intentional about getting young Jews together, not only to pass on traditions, but to create more Jews in the future, that is, to marry and have babies. Green discusses that leaders are aware that, quote, Oppressive lectures about the future of the Jewish people might rub kids the wrong way, but they do want them to get the hint. <laughs> Getting the hint. This seems to be the website or plaques that celebrate Ramah marriages that Jared was talking about. Creating these websites and plaques does not exactly make young Jews think that compatibility in a partner is not a priority, but that they will most likely find compatibility with a Jewish partner. As we heard from my mom, she believes that marriages among Jewish partners with similar values make for easier, more compatible marriages. After all, my parents met at a Jewish youth event, some of my cousins did, and it made it so that instead of dreaming about young hunks with motorcycles or whatever, I was thinking about nice Jewish boys. Ah. Uh, 
the nice Jewish boy, or for short, NJB. The idea of a nice Jewish boy, the perfect mate, the doting husband, is something that my female friends at camp talked a lot about. At the time, unfortunately, we did make problematic assumptions that all my female friends would want to marry men or get married at all. Back to Rachel, though, for a moment. Can you describe for me what an NJB is, or nice Jewish boy? <laughs> I sure can. <laughs> uh, I think, oh, that's so tough, because it's pretty self-descriptive. It's a nice Jewish boy. <laughs> but I think it is a certain type of Jewish boy. Um, I think of a nice Jewish boy as having gone to camp, because those are the nice Jewish boys I know. And they... They're probably mama's boys. <laughs> I think I'm failing at this description, Sarah. That's okay. Maybe it's one of those things you know it when you see it. So, we've heard about the NJB, but is there an equivalent of a nice Jewish girl? Yes, but not quite as much. It got me thinking. Is there a double standard where we raise Jewish girls to want to marry Jewish boys, but not vice versa? And I know this is all extremely heteronormative. That's for another podcast and unit of this class. Michal Kravel-Tovi wrote an article for a journal called American Jewish History, where she spoke about the notion that Jewish continuity affirms the patriarchy. Traditionally, Judaism gets passed down through the mother's line, not the father's. So if a child's mother is Jewish, then the child is automatically Jewish. However, that's not the case for a child's father being Jewish. Therefore, this article posits that the Jewish community, consciously or unconsciously, puts the onus on girls and women to continue the Jewish people. It seems that women have internalized this pressure. Emma Green's article from The Atlantic raises a statistic that on one particular dating app, there were three times as many Jewish women seeking Jewish men as there were Jewish men seeking Jewish women. Kravel Tovi argues that it is problematic that Jewish organizations, mostly run by men, put pressure on young women to have wholesome Jewish relationships. This pressure on young women affirms gender roles, of assuming women will be in control of guiding their children's daily lives. According to Kravel Tovi, it is up to women to, quote, safeguard Jewish numbers, close quote through not only birthing babies, but by raising kids with Jewish tradition. Whereas our nice Jewish boys don't have to do much but sit there and be perfect. Doesn't it always seem that there is more pressure on girls than boys? In the novel The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wow by Juno Diaz, Oscar's mother, Belly, expects a lot more from her daughter than from her son, and is more liberal with her love for Oscar than she is for Lola. While men can be more free with their sexuality, Women are chastised for doing so. The characters speak to a semi-idealized image of a Dominican man who breathes hypermasculinity and is constantly prowling for sex. Junior refers to himself this way, and when Oscar does not meet this image, he feels unworthy and barely Dominican. However, Dominican women should be pure and are meant to be saved from the macho man. While traditional gender roles manifest differently in American Dominican and American Jewish relationships, 
there is a common theme of the pressure our cultures can put on young women. Today, many of my friends have developed their own notions of the type of person they want to be their romantic partners. But the pressure does linger. As a younger woman, even as someone who was sort of pre-dating, right, like as a high schooler, so I had crushes on people, maybe I kissed a couple of boys, <laughs> but I wasn't really doing what I do now, which is is date for a long-term partner. Um, but I think as, as a child and high schooler, et cetera, I believed I had to marry a Jewish person. Um, and that was just a given. Like, I, I don't think I really had... Um, like a real concept of, of what I would want in a partner. Um, it was just an expectation. Like my parents are both Jewish. And so I thought I would live a similar lifestyle or make similar choices. But then when I was like 21, maybe 20, um, for the first time I met someone in college that I was really, really, really excited about, like beyond just the regular crush butterflies um like I had feelings for a person and they were not Jewish and I think I had sort of like an internal panic and I remember asking my dad that summer hey what happens like what would you do if I marry if I marry a non-Jew and he literally said to me um I certainly hope you wouldn't put me in that position Mm. Mm. so (laughs) needless to say like there, there's definitely some pressure there, but I think that attitude, my own attitude and also my parents' attitude has really changed since then. Um, like, I know my mom doesn't care. I think my, my dad probably cares a bit more about having Jewish grandchildren, and, and that is something that I still maintain that I care about. But, um, you know, I don't exclusively date Jewish people. Like, I think my my criteria for partnership doesn't necessarily involve that. And, like, as an older 20 something I know I can make choices that um you know choices for myself about how I want to incorporate Judaism into my life and they don't necessarily depend on my romantic partner Mm -hmm. but but certainly like that messaging about the continuity of the Jewish people has affected the way I date in in one way or another ideas have changed but the pressure to continue the Jewish people through marriage and babies, it has staying power, at least for me. There is a lot more I could say about dating in the American Jewish world. And in many ways, I have presented a limited view of a population that is diverse in every way, racially, economically, socially, politically. So I don't think I've really answered my question of how the American Jewish community's commitment to continuing has affected our love lives but I think I got pretty close to answering how it has affected me as a Jewish woman. No doubt, no matter how connected we may feel at different points in our lives, our cultures affect every aspect of who we are, including our dating practices and love lives. Thankfully, this is just the start of the Love In My Culture project. My hope is that over the next year, we get to hear a lot more stories about how cultural contexts influence our ideas of love brought to you by my students at Prospect Hill Academy. We'll see you next time on Love in My Culture.